You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. You already have our week six picks against the spread and week six picks straight up, as well as some waiver wire advice, some early injury looks here for week number six. Uh, we have to uh, first close the action door on week number five. We'll do that on today's show, but it's Pickup Tuesday. That means uh, most of our show will be dedicated to talking about targets on the waiver wire. Not a big fallout here from week five and the things that happened there. No major injuries to shake things up completely here in fantasy, but still things that you have to look at, viable alternatives to what's on your roster now, whether you're looking for short-term streaming option or a longer-term stash. Uh, there are some certain players that you can target there so we definitely will uh talk about the waiver every week and you always have to be looking and uh, putting guys on your radar even though there might not be any obvious pickups and we'll close looking at some streaming defense as well if you're playing that game and revolving doors there with the, your defense uh you have to know who to maybe pick up that will be available in most leagues here ahead of week six so we'll get to all the positions in a moment but we got to start right with Monday Night Football, the 49ers, Browns. This was a one-sided game here all the way. The 49ers win 31-3. We didn't like Baker Mayfield's matchup. We warned you against the 49ers defense that uh, despite who they played, they were legitimate here. They could rush the passer, really uh, get after it with their secondary, and that's what exactly happened in here. Baker Mayfield only 8 for 22. Couldn't even muster garbage in this game when the Niners... Went up big here. They were up uh, 28 to 3 after three quarters here, and still no garbage time production here. Two interceptions from Makefield, 14 incompletions. Just a terrible game. Odell Beckham Jr. was actually the better quarterback in this game. He had one completion for 20 yards. Unfortunately for Odell Beckham Jr., because of his quarterback struggling, only two for 27 on six targets, two for 15 rushing. So he had to kind of piecemeal kind of a garbage game for you if you started OBJ. Richard Sherman on the other side didn't help. Of course, Baker Mayfield only completing eight passes is not going to get it done here. Now, somehow Nick Chubb had a viable game in this one. Somehow, despite the game script, he had 99 yards. So even in a really bad spot, maybe if he'd gotten a touchdown here, he would have produced fine, but... Man, I mean, to have that kind of a horrible passing game production and for Chubb to produce, it's just an indication that they need to feed Chubb more. It didn't quite happen in this game when they got down big. I think I would have still given Chubb carries. That was their best way to get back in the game, but they didn't do that. He ends up with 99 yards from scrimmage, so barely gets you that uh, over double digits in PPR with the one reception. But again, Nick Chubb is the centerpiece of the offense, the guy that I trust the most. Beckham still has to be in your lineup every week just because of what he can do. We saw them try to get him more involved running and passing. It just didn't work with Mayfield and that connection. Now, Jarvis Landry started out okay, but again, this passing game just uh, sputtered totally, and uh, 
just something you can't attach yourself to. I think things will get better against the Seahawks this week at home. Seahawks not nearly the same daunting de- defense as the 49ers. Their corners are not nearly as good. Their pass rush has clowny, but not too much else there. So it should be a rebound spot here in a short week at home against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks can win that game, but I think the game flow will be in the favor of uh, the Browns actually producing four for 75 for Jarvis Landry on six targets. So not a bad PPR day. So Landry and Chubb kind of salvaged their days out of this atrocious game. But for the 49ers, I mean, the running game is outstanding. Tevin Coleman returns and he was really the lead runner here, but Matt Breida outpoints him uh, mainly because he had two touchdowns, including the 83 yarder in the first place from scrimmage, but otherwise 10 rushes for a, Medium yardage for Matt Breida, so not too much. So a little bit of anomaly. I think the Tevin Coleman game was very good to see here. That he looked really settled in this zone blocking scheme and running. 16 for 97 and a touchdown. It looks like it's kind of a role reversal in a way that Tevin Coleman is the Devonta Freeman here for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. While Matt Breida is what Coleman was. And we've seen... Uh, Coleman explode like that for the Falcons as the change of pace behind Freeman and have the bigger game. And that's kind of what happened here. When they had a dominant matchup, they went rolling with the running game and uh, just could not hold back. And uh, that's exactly what you saw from this 49ers team, just lighting it up and doing some massive damage on the ground. They added up to 275 yards rushing. We saw this kind of domination against the Bengals. It was more... Uh, there, Brita and Raheem Mostert. We know Mostert is relegated to pretty much a third down type uh, running back here. at only seven carries for 34. But Coleman coming back from injury from the ankle looking very good here. And uh, Brita. So if there's matchups where both these teams can run. Go for it. And the Rams are not too daunting here against the run. We saw them get gashed by the Seahawks. So that's a team you can run on. That's the plan for the 49ers you figure here in game six. So Brita has flex option. Coleman has RB2 option. They're pretty close in uh, leagues, but they definitely need to be on the radar every week because of their usage in this offense. Now, at wide receiver, we're trying to debate between Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel, and uh, we won't talk about them with the waiver wire this week uh, because, again, these guys are afterthoughts. I mean, Marquise Goodwin is getting looks here. Kendrick Bourne got looks as well. So it's just too spread out with this 49ers passing game, especially if they're going to run heavy and have some success you need a game like maybe the rams or the game script will call for jimmy garoppolo throwing a little bit more but again it could be random and we still know who the number one receiver in san francisco is it's george kittle and finally he gave you a kittle type game if you've been waiting for this some quiet games in the first three weeks and then he had a bye week six for 70 and a touchdown finally gets a touchdown that isn't called back here a nice little uh, 20 yard play there from uh, jimmy garoppolo so Kittle dominated. He could have done more in this game. They just didn't need him. When they're up 31-3, you're not going to really have to throw much. Uh, when you only have 20 receptions a game, Kittle still getting a healthy dose of that with six and uh, more than a third of the yardage with uh, half the scores there from Jimmy Garoppolo. So George Kittle still locked in as a tight end one. He can take over games like this. That's the type of receiver you want. Clearly their number one option on the team versus the wideouts, and that's what you're seeing with Kittle. And again, he should be a massive factor against the Rams, who just gave up a big game to Will Disley there in week number five. So there you go. There is the takeaway report here from the 49ers route of the Browns. And 49ers uh, defense, yeah, real viable 
good every week, just not against the Rams this week. Now, we go to what else we need to talk about here in this first segment, the quarterbacks. And uh, again, Baker Mayfield to the point, uh, he's struggling. A lot of guys not as uh, consistent here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad person target if he's out there in your league. He did have two touchdowns this game. They are playing the Rams at home. But uh, some streamers that I'm looking at here in week number six, Gardner Minshew at home against the Saints. He just gets the job done every week. I know he got roughed up, lost a fumble and all that, but still two touchdowns locked in with DJ Chark. Chark will be fired up to play the team from Louisiana this week. Uh, The Saints coming in. He's an LSU product, so... And Minshew and Chark against that secondary. No, you got to Marshawn Lattimore, but it's not a primo spot. He might not think Chark is the guy to go after like Amari Cooper or Mike Evans the last couple games. So if they can move Chark around and get him away from that matchup at times, that's going to help. But Gardner Minshew for sure at home against the Saints, spreading the ball around to Chris Conley and Dede Westbrook as well, uh, working against the other parts of the Saints secondary. At home looks like a very good spot, especially with the game flow possibly helping Mayfield throw a ton or Minshew throw a lot in this game. So Minshew seems to have the power, the mojo of Mayfield from last season. He's kind of the hipster Mayfield, I want to call him. And he takes advantage of good and bad matchups so far and uh, has produced in almost every game that he's had a chance uh, here. So I'd say Minshew against the Saints is where you're targeting. And he really should be owned in all 12-team leagues, at least as a number two QB with his production now. Kirk Cousins, uh, there was a case that he didn't have to be owned, but then he had the Giants game. He's playing the Eagles at home this week. We know the state of the Eagles secondary is pretty sad here. You can't take any away from the Jets' performance uh, against the Eagles. Uh, That was kind of a mulligan for the Eagles with their pass defense. But now the concerns are going to be real here. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Can they shut them down? I don't think so. That's going to open things up for Cousins, of course. And Carson Wentz on the other side could be a high-scoring game here in Week 6 uh, with the Vikings and Eagles. So Kirk Cousins certainly has that streaming appeal in this game for a second straight week. Now, 215 two is what you're looking at for Cousins. I think Minshew has the higher ceiling this week. Now, Andy Dalton... Now, we know the Ravens are going to run and do whatever they want against this Bengals defense. 0-5 Bengals right now. So Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Ingram and all these guys are going to go off. We know the Ravens' uh, defense pass-wise is not very strong. So that should bode well for Andy Dalton putting up some garbage points. Looks like a high volume, maybe 300-point game. So when you look at that, uh, should uh, really help uh, Andy Dalton produce here for another week here. It was a little slow developing against the Cardinals, but he put up the numbers late with those uh, touchdowns to Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate, who we'll talk about a little bit more here in the next segment. But again, Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, not the most exciting, but in good matchups, they're going to get done. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, there's some appeal, but it's the Jaguars on the road. I think he's going to be a better home quarterback, and we know that it's a short shelf life, just a few more weeks, week nine bye, and then Drew Brees is going to be back. So, Terry Bridgewater, I don't need to extend to chase the points from the Buccaneers game. I think there's too many options there. Now, Sam Darnold is an interesting stash. It's a tough spot against the Cowboys. I don't know if he's going to be back with the mono, but they need him back desperately here. I think he's closer to return. Could happen. I don't love him the Cowboys matchup, but a good stash with a lot of good matchups coming up for the Jets. So the Jets are a team that you kind of write off and are just a useless offense, but Sam Darnold can write a lot of things. He can get James Crowder back in the mix. 
Robbie Anderson back in a viable situation. Chris Herndon, that's going to help Le'Veon Bell in turn. So Sam Darnold, good backup to have for the second half of this NFL season coming back from his mono issue that uh, has uh, weirdly kept him out for a long time. Now we'll talk about running back and wide receivers that you should consider on the waiver wire in a moment. But first, guys, we got to take a break to talk about sex. That's right. Not just good sex, great sex. And there's a way you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, it's BlueChew.com. BlueChew, like the color blue, BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that it works. And with BlueChew, you can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And because it's a chewable, it can work up to twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And guys, we're all used to talking a good game, and uh, we want to come through and... Uh, with our boasts, well, this is what's going to help you with your follow-through, Blue Chew, and it's going to give you that extra confidence and more confidence in when it counts, where it counts. Blue Chew is a fast and easy way to increase your performance. Blue Chew prepares and ships directly to you in a discreet package, so none of that awkwardness that comes with waiting in the pharmacy, and because they're made in the USA, they're cheaper than a pharmacy prescribed online, shipped straight to your door. And for you, the listener to Locked on Fantasy Football, you have a special offer. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. You'll only pay $5 shipping. That's right. Totally free. Just use the promo code Locked On. Against BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code Locked On to try BlueChew for free. BlueChew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be right back here to look at some waiver wire considerations at running back and wide receiver ahead of week number six. All right, uh, let's look at running back. And uh, this is the red alert in terms of handcuffing week because there's not a lot that happened here in terms of backs going down. But there was an injury that we have to monitor all week, and that's what the Cardinals are doing. David Johnson had his back kind of tweak on him a little bit against the Cardinals. That's why he came in and out of the lineup. He could have had a monstrous game. We know Chase Edmonds came in, pretty much was the primary replacement, produced very well off the bench. Of course, you can never predict that in fantasy where you have that situation, but we have that happen in a couple games here late, so something to keep in mind. So Chase Edmonds, clearly the direct handcuff to David Johnson. Clearly, Cliff Kingsbury wants to use him in the same exact way. So I handcuffed uh, Edmonds to David Johnson. We could, David Johnson, by the way, is in the top six in fantasy Running back scoring, the receiving production, and the touchdowns are certainly helping him overall. So it would be a tough loss, but Chase Edmonds can certainly help you get back over that. And they're playing the Falcons this week, so very good reason to have Edmonds. Even if you're not a uh, Johnson owner, Johnson is getting a little older. He does have this back issue. He's coming off some wrist injury. So all that is piling up on Johnson. So you should always, if there's a clear backup, this is the clue here that uh, you have to have that guy and uh, that uh, applies in a certain places as well alexander madison he has to be owned if you're not having him as a dalvin cook owner i would maybe try to make a deal for him protect your vikings backfield investment this season because we know he can be special standalone he has a little bit of flex value there in certain matchups i don't think it's going to come this week against the eagles but great insurance for dalvin cook you need that insurance for uh, Christian McCaffrey and Reggie Bonifon. It was good to see in not 
what we wanted to see necessarily, but it was good to see what would happen if McCaffrey had to come off the game. He was dominating against the Jaguars. They were trying to run out the clock. Here comes Reggie Botifon shooting through like a cannon, scoring a long touchdown here in McCaffrey style. So clearly he's the best option there. If something were to happen to McCaffrey, he would see a good portion of the carries there. So Reggie Bonifon, again, McCaffrey's been super durable. We've seen that over the past two seasons. But if you're a McCaffrey owner, you have a high investment in McCaffrey. You don't want to certainly go from hero to zero at that position. So make sure that you're getting Reggie Bonifon now. You have a clear indication he's a guy. And it's not going to be this mess of a committee that we thought going into the season when you had guys like Cameron Aris Payne, Elijah Holyfield, and Jordan Scarlett. He's definitely ahead of Scarlett here in the rotation and usage here for the Panthers. So good indication there. So Bonifon, Madison, and to some degree, uh, Gus Edwards has to be looked at behind uh, Mark Ingram here. Uh, Justice Hill still not getting enough here. Justice Hill saving his lottery ticket, but the Ravens don't seem to want to go to him too much. Part of it is some issues in pass protection. They're not throwing to backs either, which also hurts Hill. So Gus Edwards right now is the preferred handcuff because he probably get the direct power running work. Vacated by Ingram. You have, again, Andre Washington from the Raiders. He looks like he would be the clear-cut guy to take over. Not Jalen Richard if something were to happen to Josh Jacobs. He actually scored last week against the Bears. So they're on a bye week this week, but you come back and you're locking in Jacobs as an RB1, RB2. James or DeAndre Washington is certainly the guy that you're looking at behind him now. Otherwise, uh, Adrian Peterson will see the Redskins running game struggling. You might want to have him as a one-week special. Their matchup sort of brutal after this week, but they are playing the Dolphins, so maybe some run for Adrian Peterson in a game that Redskins actually might be ahead in. They were ahead briefly against the Patriots, but that doesn't count. This is a game they could be ahead wire-to-wire in with Adrian Peterson, maybe getting some work along with Chris Thompson here in a good matchup. Now, if you're desperate for running back, Jonathan Hillman is probably going to have to start here Against the Patriots, not a great matchup, but it's a body who could uh, touch the ball in key situations, maybe score you a touchdown or get some catches. But uh, Wayne Gallman's out with the concussion. Saquon Barkley may need another week. It's maybe too compressed here on a Thursday to come back against the uh, Patriots with the ankle. So that's how it looks. So if you need and you're desperate for a back go there. And Edo Smith, they're playing the Cardinals this week, the Falcons, and Devonta Freeman doesn't look as good. He did have a receiving touchdown last week, but Smith is kind of incorporating himself a little bit more in this offense and has some viability here, starting with the Cardinals here, and that should be owned in deeper leagues, certainly as a flex option here behind Freeman in uh, certain matchups. Now, as we turn our attention to wide receiver, I mentioned Sam Darnold on the horizon to come back. Not maybe against the Cowboys this week, uh, but Jameson Crowder, certainly a guy underneath that's going to get involved. We saw the good connection between him and Darnold, so maybe we try to get ahead of that. People drop Crowder. Even if people drop Riley Anderson, he would look there for some help from the Jets. Not right now, but uh, down the line, there are a lot of bigger bye weeks coming. So you're going to have to trust in some of these Jets probably in some leagues. And uh, with Darnold on the way back soon. I think Crowder has some viability maybe as early as this week as they're playing the Cowboys. You figure a lot of checkdowns and uh, shorter passes there underneath the coverage there because you can't really trust the the Jets to push it downfield. So Crowder definitely could be involved now. Duke Williams is interesting. Now, if you missed it, Zay Jones was traded from the Bills to the Raiders, and that makes Duke Williams pretty much the number two outside receiver there. We know technically that's a number three role behind uh, John Brown and uh, Cole Beasley, but 
Right now, the Bills are on a buy. They couldn't be scheming up more things for Duke Williams. He made Jones expendable, who's just a guy there in this offense at this point, just going through the motions, not doing much. Duke Williams did score against the Titans last week, so someone we have to keep on the radar and be active there now. In Miami, Preston Williams is a guy that we're definitely looking at. The rookie he could get going here after the bye. Decent matchup against the Redskins, but... You have Albert Wilson in the mix and uh, Devontae Parker. Parker's had the production a little bit with Josh Rosen. Coming off a bye, I think they'll get Preston Williams involved, but I would expect Wilson to be back this week. And I think Albert Wilson, not bad because they're going to have to throw to someone. He's a slot guy. You can get all the checkdowns and all that, especially with Kenny and Drake not being a factor too much here for the Dolphins. Now, By- Byron Pringle, you're not going to chase the points against the Colts, but if there's a scenario where Tyreek Hill could not return this week and Sammy Watkins with his latest lower body issue with the hamstring is out. Uh, Byron Pringle certainly operated as the key receiver in that spot where Watkins was there when he he came out of the game. So we'll see if Hill is still there. Demarcus Robinson still would be your number two ahead. But if you've got Hill and Watkins out, I think you look at Byron Pringle. They're clearly the next man up for the Chiefs and uh, certainly had some good chemistry early there with Patrick Mahomes in his first significant playing time. Now, Deontay Johnson, probably last call for him. He was a quiet game against the matchup against the Ravens for Johnson, but he was targeted the most after Juju Smith-Schuster really looked like the number two, even though James Washington got a little bit more run. Unfortunately, the injury to Rudolph there and uh, the switch to Delvin Hodges doesn't, Devlin Hodges doesn't really help Deontay Johnson, but overall, I think he's a special player that could do some damage and they've got a favorable schedule coming back after the bye after they play the Chargers this week. Now Auden Tate, we expect AJ Green to be back at some point. It's not going to be this week for the Bengals. So uh, Ravens matchup again vulnerable there. So Auden Tate and uh, Tyler Boyd have some good appeal this week. That's for sure. Darius Slayton, a name to stash away. You have a Golden Tate returning, but Slayton is the guy who scored. Remember, he's a fellow rookie with Daniel Jones. Sometimes that creates a connection. So Giants are going to need someone to throw to. Shepard is certainly going to be out against the Patriots. So you're left with Golden Tate. They cut ties with guys like Benny Fowler. So Darius Slayton, the emergence of him here really helps. And with Shepard probably out multiple weeks with a concussion here, it's good news for Slayton to see a little bit more run here with Daniel Jones. A deeper league stash there right now as a wide receiver four or five really more of us a five right now because it's the Giants offense so there's your look at running backs and wide receivers on the waiver wire we still have to talk about the tight ends and uh, defenses there but we know once uh, week six comes uh, it's time for us to sit down relax Watch some football, watch our fantasy football players go off. Uh, there's our quarterbacks throwing game-winning touchdowns and running backs in open field, daylight, scoring long ones. Uh, there's no more f- better feeling than that excitement here. And with fantasy football, that's one thing, but you can make them more exciting, these games around the NFL, by betting on them. And you got to do the smart thing. you got to go to mybookie.ag to bet on NFL games. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie is going to be coming through for you as the best in the business. It's where I like to play. It's where you should too as well. 
I enjoy the experience there a lot. They have uh, good player perks as well once you're on there for a while. And really some nice games like live in-game betting, as well as uh, fantasy football player props that are fun to take advantage of. And if you're a person who likes to bet a little, but try to win a lot, then you can have a multiple game parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. And it really helps now that we have the MLB playoffs and uh, NBA season about to tip off and NHL season underway. So a lot of games to play, a lot of ways to win there at MyBookie. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. It's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at some tight ends and defenses to pick up here ahead of week six. All right, uh, let's close the show. Not too much a tight end. We have to go way back to uh, Thursday Night Football with Gerald Everett. And this guy had a coming out party there. We'll have to see what the status of Brandon Cooks is. He got banged up, got rolled over there late in the game against the Seahawks. They do play the 49ers this week. We'll see what happens here. But Gerald Everett was the guy, not throwing in Josh Reynolds or some of their other receivers. He was the guy that got the most run with Cooper Cup. And Robert Woods, they kind of unleashed him. They've been kind of waiting for this. Part of it is the Rams' offensive line's not holding up, so they want to get the ball out of Jared Goff's hands more quickly. They want to use Everett as a matchup nightmare here, the way that Jordan Reed was once deployed in his best days with Sean McVay. We've been waiting this for this for a while. Tyler Higby's still getting some work here. He's not going to go away in this offense, but this Rams team is throwing a lot more out of necessity. They're not just lining up and running the way they used to with Todd Gurley and their offensive line. So overall, you're looking at uh, Gerald Everett being a bigger factor. How can he not be after he dominated the Seahawks and almost helped them win that game in week number five? And he has to be a big factor against the Red Hot 49ers here in week six. Now, Chris Herndon coming back from suspension. We have no idea what Adam Gaze is going to do with him, but they need him at this point. I mean, that's, Pretty obvious. Uh, they need to get the underneath passing game. We know the uh, Cowboys are vulnerable against uh, tight ends, and we've seen that constantly with them with underneath routes. So, I Herndon could uh, really step into a key role here if it's Luke Falk or Sam Darnold. Immediately, they need some help in the passing game, especially in the short one. They're pretty much going to Le'Veon Bell, not getting much downfield. But Herndon was a special talent. He has good rapport with Darnold, so it'll get better and useful and a good bye week replacement at worst. Tight end two that you can stash if you've got some room on your bench. Now, looking at defenses, uh, speaking of the Jets, the Cowboys playing the Jets this week. If it's Luke Falk, you feel a little bit better. Even if it's not, the spread is big. You feel good about the Cowboys doing some damage and making some plays here, rebounding from the Packers game. The Redskins, the only reason they're on this list is they're playing the Dolphins. Maybe some mistakes by the Dolphins. Redskins fired up, uh, playing a better game here. With Jay Gruden gone for interim Coach Bill Callen, they come out flying and make some plays. I could see that. And they're definitely not going to be owned in any league right now. So pretty cheap flyer you can pick up. Now, the Bucks panthers game, uh, the Panthers, maybe the last call for them, made another big play with the uh, strip sack uh, return there for a touchdown by Brian Burns against the Jaguars. So probably the last call for them if you're looking for the Panthers and the value. The Buccaneers on the other side had a rough go of it against Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints, but... Kyle Allen, they can get after him. Just, you know, Shaq Barrett dominated this matchup last time, just uh, recently here in Week 2. So Buccaneers and Panthers, both London, early morning game, by the way. So you got to make your move early to, if you want to deploy one of them. 
this week, but a chance for that game to be a little bit ugly and less scoring and some mistake from the quarterbacks there on either side, uh, Kyle Allen and James Winston. Then one more game that's like that where I'm targeting a little bit uh, defenses, having some juice. I did that last week with the Titans-Bills game. Now I'm doing it with the Titans-Broncos game. The Titans are very good defense. Here they can cause Joe Flacco all kinds of problems getting to him, pressuring him into mistakes. Well, you have the Broncos side revved up last week against the Chargers, starting to get some uh, takeaways there, as well as some pressure. And we know Marcus Mariota kind of pressure and mistake, and this Titans offense uh, can be inept at times. So on the road here in Denver, I think it's going to be an ugly game. Chances for both teams to score there if you want an option. So there you're looking at uh, six more viable options. Not too many obvious streamers. A lot of the big teams are already playing the uh, worst defenses or worst offenses here, mistake-prone ones this week. So not too much there, but that's where I'm looking at for streaming option for the most unavail or most available options out there on the waiver wire. So there you have it. There's a comprehensive look at Pickup Tuesday. All the names you need to know here uh, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense to uh, consider picking up ahead of week six, uh, no matter what size of league you are. You have to navigate that a little bit, but uh, that's why we give you a wide range of options to consider uh, depending on where you're at with your team, uh, whether you're looking for some pinch it help here right away in week six or somebody who can help with your depth later in the season. So pretty good show that we just knocked out for you. We'll have another great one tomorrow, Matchup Wednesdays. We'll dive into the games starting with the Giants-Patriots on Thursday night and uh, get to half of them there. We'll get to the other half there on a matchup Thursday. So back-to-back matchup shows coming up for you this week as we turn our attention fully into the Week 6 game breakdowns. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this is Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time for Matchup Wednesday.